What's up, table fam? How we feeling? Okay, I got like a real strong reaction over here that I very well know how they're feeling. Some people here in the middle are like, I'm not sure. In the back, you know how you're feeling and it's not great. But hey, look, we're all here. Welcome to the table. If we have not had a chance to meet, my name's Isaac. I'm one of the pastors here at the table. And man, I'm just so excited to see you. I really look forward to Tuesday. So I can just see you um, kind of on a weekly basis for some of us and others, just whenever you have a chance to come, um, regardless of your frequency, welcome to the table. Um, today, we are starting a brand new message series called In My Feels. Come on, somebody. In My Feels, right? I'm fine. Everything's fine right, in my feels. And what the series is going to do is going to help us process our feelings and emotions the way of Jesus, right? So in the coming weeks, we're going to tackle some really specific emotions. Um, next week, we're talking about anxiety. <sighs> some of you already just got stressed just hearing the word, right? Uh, some uh, following weeks, we're talking about anger, talking about fear, talking about sadness, right? We have all this full range of emotions, so we just want to help you process emotions, process feelings, uh, the way of Jesus, right? But today, what's, today we're going to do an overview, and we're going to ask three questions. Uh, first question we're going to ask is, what are feelings? Why do we have feelings? Second question. Third question. What's a healthy Christian response to feelings? Okay, so what are feelings? Why do we have feelings? And what's a healthy res Christian response to feelings? Now, some of you know me well. Some of you don't know me well. And if you know me well, you're like, Isaac, you? Like, you're the one? You're the one talking about feelings? Like, why? <laughs> like, from what I know about you, I'm not sure, man. And you know what? If that's you, you're not wrong. Because for most of my life, I've been so unaware. I've just been completely unaware of feelings. Actually, can I show you a picture of me at my peak of unawareness? So this is 15-year-old Isaac in high school with my sister. Here we go. Here's a photo. 15-year-old Isaac, freshman in high school, spiky hair, so unaware. Right? My sister, you know, who's a great older sister, she was senior in high school. We went to high school at the same time. But we had kind of different experiences when we'd go to high school. So for me, I would go with my backpack, right? And then I would kind of go to first period and kind of go through, get to lunch, and then kind of look around and not great people to sit with. And then the people that I did want to sit with, like, didn't save me a seat. Like, and it kind of, I don't know how it made me feel, but like, oh, whatever, right? And then I get, I go to sixth period and realize that the project that I tried really hard on, I got a really bad grade, right? And then I go, eventually go to athletics and go to basketball and realize that I didn't make the JV team. And I get home from school, lots of stuff going on, I'm unaware, and my mom was like, Isaac, how was the escuela? How was school, right? And I say, it was good. She's like, okay, well, how are you feeling? And I'm like, fine. And then I go to my room, go play Xbox. That's 15-year-old Isaac. Okay, my sister, very different. My sister, you know, goes to fourth period, right? And then sees the crush who looked at her and gets home. She's like, mom, <laughs> we're getting married. I can already see it, right? And my mom would say like, like you're so exaggerated, right? But I know like teenage girls, anybody? Anybody know some? Just all up in the feels, right? You just know how you're feeling. And I say those two illustrations, a photo of me and my sister, because some of us in this room are like me, or were like me. I, we say the name of the series, In My Feels, and you're like, oh my gosh, when is this going to be over? Can we just get chillies in the courtyard again after? Like, I don't want to sit through this, right? You're just like, you're not looking forward to this at all, think it's a waste of time. Like, why are we talking about feelings? This is stupid. 
Some of us are like, finally, oh my gosh, yes, series of the year, let's go. Yes, all up in the fields. Like I've been looking forward to this as soon as I heard about it. You are so excited. And here's what happens. You may be dating. So if you're really excited about feelings, then you're like, elbowing your boyfriend, I'm not like doing wide gender assumptions, but stereotypically, you're elbowing your boyfriend, you're like, finally, he's going to help you connect with me. <laughs> and we're all in the room. So some of us have a hyper focus on feelings and that's our, live our entire lives by feelings. You know what? Can I just be honest? I'm not sure if that's the best. Some of us put no attention on feelings, zero focus on feelings. And I'm just saying, I don't know if that's the best either. So the question we're going to look at today is on the screen here. So what does Jesus say? What's a healthy Christian response to feelings? So that's the question we're going to answer. What's a healthy Christian response to feelings? So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going to start in verse 17. Ephesians 4, start in verse 17. It says this. Now I say this and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. Keep reading in verse 18. They are, listen to this, they are darkened in their understanding. So basically what uh, the Apostle Paul is saying here, he wrote this book to the, the church in um, Ephesus, to the Ephesians. He says that they are darkened in their understanding. Here's Paul saying, hey, look, there is a group of people and they are so unaware they, they don't understand, they're darkened in their understanding, right? Have you guys ever seen uh, Thor? I know it's kind of an older movie. So basically Thor, there's this scene where he's basically an alien, and he comes to Earth. He's from Asgard, all right? Okay, I'm, I'm a little bit of a Marvel nerd, just, just enough. Not too much, just enough. So Thor comes in, but there's a scene, right, where he has a drink, right? He finishes his drink, and then he just throws it on the floor. He's like, another, right? And you're like, Thor, I don't know if you know how the world works, right? And this is basically what Paul is saying. He's saying, hey, look, there's a group of people. They don't know how the world works, right? So let's keep reading. Let's keep reading what Paul says about these people that don't know how the world works. He says they are alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. So here he's talking about the life of God. Okay. So I think all of us know this life that we're living in this life of God, right? And in the life of God, you may not know this, but the life of God is not always good. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's amazing. But also, it's not great. And there's hard things we need to go through and process. And it's really hard, right? 2020, anybody? In 2020, some amazing, some amazing things happened for like three of us, right? For most of us, 2020 was not a good year right? In 2020, some really bad things happened, right? We lost our jobs. We lost some relationships. 2020 was just a really hard year. But here's reality, is that in 2020, there was good and there was bad. And if we can open our eyes to the reality of what 2020 was and really just broaden to the whole perspective of our life, if we can open up our understanding to the whole breadth of our life and we can experience it with re realness and not some false fakehood, um, that's not a word. Fakehood? Anybody? Is fakehood a word, Paul? Will y'all give it to me? Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Fakehood. I'll just, uh, we'll add it to the dictionary. Anyway, so this life of God, there's good and there's bad. So we want to, so he's saying that people that are cut off, that are alienated, they don't experience this real life that God has for us. And in this real life, there's good 
and there's bad. But we need to be able to process it, not in an unaware way, like the people that are alienated and cut off, but in an aware way. So the life of God, right? So let's keep reading here. Um, And these people that are cut off from the life of God, they have become, here's this word, callous. And this is like the important word of this text, is callous. And callous, um, apalgeo in the Greek, here's what this means. To cease to feel pain or grief, to be past feeling. He's saying that, hey, look, there's these people that are alienated from God. They are cut off. Their hearts are so hard that they, are, they can't feel anymore. They're past the point of feeling, right? They can't feel anymore. And whenever we're callous, uh, whenever we're past feelings, we don't feel true life, right? We don't feel the, the needs that we have, the pain that we have, the fears that we have, right? And why is it important to feel, right? So these callous people, they're past the point of feeling. Okay, so what are feelings, right? And why is it important to feel? Well, feelings are essentially a state of being. Feelings tell you what state you're in, right? And some of the states is really good and it's really positive, and some states, it's some states of life is just not good. But we need to be aware to the realness of experiencing life depending on what state we're in. So we need to name the state of being. Because feelings are how we experience true life. If we're unconnected from our, if we're unconnected from our feelings, if we're disconnected from our feelings, if we're past the point of being able to feel, we're going to be disconnected from real life and we don't know how the world works and we're unaware. Here, can I prove it to you? Okay, so imagine you come home from work or from school, and um, you see a dish in the sink. Okay, and it's not your dish, all right? So what do you do? Well, you do nothing, so you're like, "Mm." okay. So you go, and you kind of go on your day. So you come home again, there's a second dish in the sink. So what do you do? Obviously, you go and tell the person who's not whose dish it was, the third roommate, right? And you tell the third roommate, hey, look, man, this person, this roommate, they put a second dish in the sink. Man, I'm so glad that we weren't raised by monkeys, right? <laughs> okay, so, and you feel good, right? So then you go home, and then you go, go back home after work or school, third dish in the sink. So now what do you do? You're like, hmm. And you see the roommate who's responsible for putting the dishes in the sink. Oh, but you would not dare say anything in person. So here's what you do, a note. I'm going to leave a note. Right? So, but you see the roommate that's there, like in the apartment or where you're living, and you see the note that you need to get, but you don't want the roommate to see what you're doing. So you go and you hide and kind of get get the notepad, and then you like write a note, and eventually you you place it there all proud, and here's what the note says. The note says, I long for the days when I was clean, dash sink. (laughs) Right? And you're like, that'll do the trick. So then you come home, another dish in the sink, no notes, right? So then what do you do? Finally, you see the roommate whose dishes are in the sink, and you're like, how dare you put a dish in the sink? Which is like, that's where dishes go. But you just explode in anger, so angry that your roommate put another dish in the sink. And your roommate responds, what do you mean, right? And you're like, I've, like I feel so unloved, so uncared for, like, and you just blow up at them. And your roommate had no idea. Here's what's happening. You were unaware that you're angry. You were unaware that a dish in the sink 
made you angry. And whenever we're unaware of our feelings, we can't control our feelings. So we thought we would be fine. We thought we could just keep going. We thought we could just keep telling our other roommate. We thought that we could just keep writing notes. But eventually we see the, we see the roommate. And you know, you know, he means well, she means well. You didn't mean nothing by it. But man, you just exploded in the moment out of control. Because whenever we're not aware of our feelings, when we're past the point of feeling, when we're unaware, we can't control our feelings. And we just explode, or we're passive-aggressive, we're sarcastic, or we're critical. That's what happens. So let's keep reading. So they have become callous, right? They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity, Right? So he says, hey, look, whenever you're callous, when you're hard-hearted and you're out of control, um, here's, here's the end result of that, is that we've given ourselves up to sensuality and we're greedy to practice every kind of impurity. Right? So for some of us, and we talked about this a little bit last week, but here's what that looked like for some of us. We go to work, then we go home. Then we go to work, and then we go home. And we wish we had more people to interact with, but, and maybe we did, but we're just, we are just unaware of how we're feeling. We've had a long day. You may, somebody may ask you, hey, how's it going? And you say, oh my gosh, life is just a lot. There's just a lot right now. Yeah, but like, how are you feeling? You're like, I don't, I don't know. Just, just life just seems like a lot right now. And you go home and you get in bed under a heavy blanket and you just scroll on TikTok. <laughs> and scroll, and scroll, and scroll, and scroll to where eventually, I, I heard this, there's like a guy that comes up that tells you to go take a walk. Is that it? And then you're like, you wait for the appropriate amount of time so you can finally go back and just keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. What's happening? We're unaware of how we're feeling. We're unaware that we're sad. We're unaware that we're lonely. And then we're going to TikTok to try to manufacture something that we're not experiencing in real life, which is connection, Right? Or, um, for some of us, it actually gets, gets worse than that, right? So he's saying we're greedy to practice every kind of impurity. So for some of us, we may um, act out with substances, right? Because we're trying to get this thing to f- experience this life that we're not experiencing in real life. So we're going to go find this fake thing, this manufactured thing, right? We're going to um, go get wasted, drugs, have sex, or the Christian version, which is not full-on sex, but just like enough, Right? Do I need to keep going or do you don't know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Some of y'all are like, I really wonder what he would do if he kept going. (laughs) Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Or, Or pornography. We just act out trying to experience something that we're not experiencing in this true life, this life of God that God is giving us. So we're going to go try to find it in places that God has not designed. And that's just going to um, get us in this rabbit hole of being callous and being the point of past feeling. And this is vicious cycle of being unconnected from God, being past feeling, acting out. And when we act out, we're unconnected from God, we're past feeling, we act out. There's this vicious, vicious cycle that some of us know very well. Some of us know really well. And we do that sometimes to feel alive and sometimes to numb pain, right? And when that that doesn't do it, we just develop a continual lust for more. And we talked about this last week a lot, so feel free to go back and listen to last week. We know this. It's never enough right? We know the feeling we want to feel. We just don't know how to get it. And the reason um, we don't know how to get it is because we're not experiencing this real life that God already has us in. So we're going to go try to find it somewhere else, right? And it's never enough and will never satisfy if we're using the sensual experience to take the place of something that we're not experiencing 
in real life. But here's what Paul says. There's, there's good news. He says, he says this in verse 20. But that's not the way you learned Christ. It's not. It's not the way you learned Christ, right? So you consider Jesus. Um, Jesus actually experienced the truest version of the life of God. And here's how he did it. Jesus had the full range of emotions, right? Jesus wasn't this like fairy tale, like robot that just said these piffy, like, consider the lilies and the flowers. That wasn't Jesus. I mean, it was, but Jesus had a full range of, of emotions, right? Jesus got angry, right? Some of us know the story. He goes to the temple. He's so mad. He's flipping tables, right? He's so angry. And we see that um, sometimes he's so joyful, right? And you can see his joy exuding, right? He, um, we see at times whenever he's just sad, right? Jesus' friend Lazarus, that's a story um, where G, where, that's recorded, where Jesus' friend Lazarus dies, in the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. You can't cry if you don't experience your feelings. Jesus had a full range of emotions, right? And Jesus shows us how to fully experience the life of God, real life, right? So we don't want to be callous. We don't want to be past feeling. Um, we don't want to manufacture feelings of trying to be alive or numb difficult feelings. We want to experience the real life of God. That's what I want for me. That's what I want for all of us. So here's what I'm going to do for the next few moments is I'm going to help you take a journey that I've been able to be on the last uh, couple years, years or so, that's been tremendously helpful for me to become more aware of the real life of God that God has me on to experience my feelings so I'm not unaware and my heart is not callous. I'm not the point of past feelings. So here's the big idea. Here's the big idea. Healthy Christians lean into their feelings. Healthy Christians lean into their feelings, right? Um, I know some of us are kind of brand new to faith. Some of us are brand new to, to Jesus. We're trying to figure it out, and maybe that's why we came to the table, because we're just trying this Jesus thing on. We want to see how it feels. We don't know how it feels yet, but we just want to keep taking steps. Deep down, we know something to be true, but we, we're here, and we're, we're like, I don't know if this is a place that can actually talk about like how I'm feeling. It seems like a lot of the Christians that I've encountered in the past, it seems like they don't feel anything. And the only thing that we, they feel is like joy and happiness. And I don't feel like that all the time. So I don't know if I can actually be real around here, right? So hear me say, look, healthy Christians lean into their feelings, into it, the broad range of feelings that we get to experience as we're experiencing the real life of God. So how, how can we lean into our feelings? So how can we lean into our feelings? Here's three, three ways, or really the three steps, to lean into our feelings, right? And we're going to name your feeling, share your feeling, grow through your feeling, right? So this is how to lean in. You're going to name your feeling, share your feeling, and grow through your feeling. Okay, so I'm going to unpack these. So name your feeling. So I think I said earlier, uh, when I was 15, and really up until just a few years ago, I had the emotional range of an infant, right? And here's what I mean by that. Actually, let's play a game. Uh, I think we have a photo here. Okay, here we go. I think some of us were like, okay, I think, I, th I think she's happy. I don't know. Is she happy? Yes, <laughs> she's happy, right? And that's about the extent of our ability to be uh, emotionally articulate. Or maybe we get this one. <laughs> I think he's mad, <laughs> right? 
And for some of us, that's about as, as much as we have right now. I know for me, for most of my life, I could do happy and I could do sad, and there really wasn't a lot in between going on. I was just unaware of how I was feeling, right? But um, so we continue growing, and we continue kind of exercising or being able to name feelings muscle. So some of us may graduate from infancy feelings to maybe elementary feelings. How about these? Right? Do you remember these charts in school? We're like, point at how you're feeling, right? So like, I think, I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm going to be proud, maybe angry. I'm not sure, sad, I don't, I don't know, right? So now, so um, for a journey that I've been on for a while, just really trying to figure out, and if you know me, if you've interacted with me at all in the last year or so, um, you know that I've been, I have this thing I call my feelings chart. Okay, here it is. Here it is, my feelings chart. Here we go. Every single day, uh, okay, I'm, that, was, that was hypocritical. Most days, <laughs> most days, I have, I wake up in the morning and I have no idea what I'm feeling. No idea. Right? And I'm like, man, if there, could there be, like, I want to help healthy Christians lean into their feelings. I know this. I have no idea what I'm feeling right now. Is there a tool? So actually, I was sitting in a, in a group one time, in a life group that I was in, and uh, I was sitting there, uh, we were meeting at Panera, it was like me and some dudes, and uh, the, one of the guys in the group um, was like, hey, Isaac, how are you? And I said, I'm good. And he said, no, Isaac, how are you? I was like, no, no, I'm, I'm good. He's like, Isaac, how are you? And I said, I'm good. And he said, Isaac, good is not a feeling. And I'm like, eesh. So he uh, brings out this feelings chart, shows it to me, and he says, pick one. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So I, real, so I go through the feelings chart, and I was like, oh, I'm sad. <laughs> and he's like, there we go. Now we can talk through something, right? So as of exploring this feelings chart, it's just been so helpful. So that happened about a year ago, a year and a half ago. Every single day, I've used this feelings chart to help me process how I'm feeling, right? So you can see in this one, there's different versions, but in this one, you can kind of see in the middle. If you, can, if you have a 20-20 vision, if you don't, sorry. Uh, but you can see in the middle, there's these broad categories of happy, surprised, bad, fearful, angry, uh, disgusted, sad, right? So um, at first, I would like start in the middle, try to pick one, and then work my way out to get a little more refined. So I wasn't just feeling sad, um, I was feeling uh, empty, okay? So I tried that doing for a while, but then I would get stuck. And I was like, I, 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 don't, I don't know what I'm feeling. I don't know. So then I got the advice, you know, after I've been trying this for months, okay, what if you start on the outside of the circle and work your way in? It's like, oh, oh, cool. So, so I go and I read it and then I'm like, I, okay, I think I'm feeling, um, okay, I think I'm feeling overwhelmed, which means I'm anxious, which means I'm fearful of something, right? And the person I was with was like, yes, there you go. Step one. Name your feelings. Name your feelings. But the, the reason I mention this, and I'm kind of going through the, the how-to of how to do this, is because some of us get stuck here. Some of us, we, we can't name our feelings, or we don't want to name our feelings. And here's, here's probably why. Growing up, you were not given permission to feel anything. You would feel something, you would have a bad day at school, you would come home crying, and a parent or an older sibling said, suck it up. We don't do that here. 
Or you're hanging out with a group of friends, right? And this group of friends, you're just all out having fun and going out and having a good time. And then something happens and somebody's processing something. And then the friend circle is like, no, 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 sister, we don't do that here. Suck it up. Let's go out. We weren't given permission to name our feelings. And for some of us, we're still carrying that on and we're holding that. We're, we're holding that tone to this, this people, a parental figure, a friend, somebody who told us that feeling was not okay. And we've held on to that for years. But man, in the name of Jesus, I'm wondering if for some of us we can break that tonight. And we can say, hey, look, healthy Christians, lean into your feelings. And the first step is to be able to name them. And if you've never ha- gotten permission before to name your feeling here at the table, this is what we do. We name our feelings. Okay, but we don't just name them. Um, here's what we do too. We share our feelings. And for some of us, this is real hard. <laughs> really, really hard sharing our feelings. But here, here's the key to sharing your feelings, right? Um, and again, maybe you've tried sharing your feelings before and it didn't go well, Right? So here's, here's the secret ingredient, not so secret ingredient, I don't want it to be a secret ingredient, but here's the thing like, that's absolutely essential when it comes to sharing your feelings, is vulnerability in safe relationships. Vulnerability in safe relationships. Um, there's a psychological principle called mirror neurons. And mirror neurons mean, right, that we are literally, our brains are literally wired to experience real life with others. We, our brains are not wired to experience real life by ourselves. And that's part of the reason why some of us um, are unaware and maybe the point of being callous or being a past feeling is because we haven't been able to process our feelings in the context of relationships, right? So that's what vulnerability means. It's, vulnerability is not necessarily like airing out all, every detail of your ugly life and some of the, the most worst things you've ever done. Maybe, maybe not. That's not really what I mean when I say vulnerability. When I say vulnerability, it's merely sharing how you're feeling with another safe person. Vulnerability and safe relationships. But we know that not all relationships are safe. And that's why some of us, we've encountered some really unsafe relationships where we tried sharing, we wanted to open up, we wanted to be vulnerable, and it went really well. The person took that information and then used it against us. Right? Or or we shared something and immediately got shut down. That's an unsafe person. I don't want that for you. I'm not saying share your feelings with everybody. No, please don't do that. It's, it's, it, it, it hurts. It's painful. It's invalidating, right? The best thing that we can do is share our feelings with the, in vulnerability of safe relationships. All right, so uh, yesterday, yesterday, right? I went through my feelings chart and I didn't know what I was feeling. Okay, and then I... I was trying to process, didn't know what I was feeling. And I'm like, I, I like, you know, and I'm, I know, I know I'm talking about this today. I know I am. And I'm, and I'm trying. It's not a lack of trying. I just don't know what I'm feeling, right? And I'm just feeling like tightness, like right here, and then like right here, and kind of right here. And I'm like, what is, go-? I'm like talking to my wife about this. I'm like, what is going on? Like, what am I feeling? Like, I don't know what I'm feeling. So then, um, you know, I'm talking to, and some of us know uh, Doug Hankins, right? So Doug's a good friend of mine, uh, a pastor around here. Um, so I, I'm talking to Doug on the phone yesterday. Yesterday, and he's like, Isaac, it sounds like you just had a lot of life transition going on at the same time, like you just got married, right? You increased your speaking role at the table, increased your role some at the table. Um, 
You know, you're trying to, you know, first Orlando is a great place to work, and you're trying to navigate now these new relationships um, that where you are. Isaac, I think you're just overwhelmed. It's like, and immediately I started crying when I heard that yesterday. I was like, oh, <laughs> I am overwhelmed. Because <laughs> here's what a safe person does. Proverbs says this, that a safe person, it's like, um, it, it's, it's like a, a deep well that can pull the water out from you. So here's what Doug did. Doug basically said, hey, Isaac, just talk to me about your life. What's going on? I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'm speaking about this tomorrow. He's like, okay, that sounds great. I was like, yeah, but, you know, and then I have this thing going on. He's like, okay, well, here's what, it, it sounds like you're overwhelmed, man. What did he do, right? A safe person, wise counsel, deep well, just drew the water out of me. That resulted in tears, literal tears, right? Vulnerability and safe relationships opens us up to help experience this, this real life, the life of God, where there's good and there's bad, that God has us on, right? So we need to share our feelings, vulnerability and safe relationships. Now, some of us get stuck here. Again, because of unsafe relationships. So for some of us, here's the song that we sing. Me and my journal, right? Me and my journal, right? It's just you and your journal, right? I don't got to tell anybody. I'm just, I know what I'm feeling. I can name my feeling. Isaac, your feelings chart, JV version. You should see my varsity version. I know, I know what I'm feeling, right? And you just go and you write it down, right? And then the next day you write it down. And you, you and your journal, and some of us get stuck. We healthy, we want to lean in, right? So our feelings, right? Healthy Christians lean into our feelings, right? And we want to be vulnerable in safe relationships. Okay, and number three, number three. We're wrapping up here. Um, grow through your feeling. Grow through your feeling, right? You can't, okay, we're talking about growth right now. We're talking about this true life that God has us on. I think for all of us here to some extent, we want to grow. We want more in life. We want to become healthier. We want to become more like Jesus, right? You, can't, you don't know, you, um, you can't get to where you're going if you don't know where you are. You can't get to where you're going if you don't know where you are. So for some of us, um, we, we, um, we don't know where we are, but feelings act like a, like a dashboard to tell us where we are, Right? But we don't just do that to stay there. We do that to help unlock. So now it's, it's a dashboard, but it's not the GPS, right? So then we encounter a truth that acts like a GPS for where we need to go. Because here's the thing about feelings, right? We want to grow through our feelings. And here's this about feelings, that feelings are real, but they're not reliable. Feelings are real, but they're not reliable. So some of us get stuck here on three because, you know, you go um, and then you, 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 you name your feeling, you share your feeling, and everyone cries together. Let's do this again next week. <laughs> and you name your feeling, and you share your feeling, and you cry together, dudes. And let's do this again next week, right? And w- what's happening? We're just sitting in our feels, but there's no growth happening. That's not the purpose of feelings, Right? We, we need to grow. We need to experience this true life that God has us on. So feelings are real, but they're not reliable. Some of us will not make life decisions because of how we're feeling. Because we don't want to experience that feeling. We don't have to go through that. It's too painful. I can't do it, right? And that's going to set you back from where God wants to take you. 
So feelings are real, but they're not reliable. Do not set your life orientation based on how you're feeling. You need to know how you're feeling to know where you are. You can't grow if you don't know where you are, but man, feelings do not tell you where you're going. Truth tells you where you're going. Jesus tells you where you're going, not our feelings. So feelings are real, but they're not reliable, right? And God will use our feelings to reveal to us how we are currently experiencing the life of God. God's going to use our feelings to reveal to us how we're currently experiencing the life of God and set us on this path of growth to become more like him, but to become more like his son. So um, December 5th, that date is very important to me because that's the day I got married. <laughs> so, so on December 5th, at, um, in the morning, I, I wake up, I stayed the night. Last night, you know, uh, and I ended up staying with my parents, like in their hotel uh, with them that night. So I'm with them in the morning, and all day, I just don't know how I'm feeling. I don't know how I'm feeling. So, um, so I just feel like locked, and that's not what I wanted at all. Like on your wedding day, you don't want to, you, you don't want to be unaware of how you're feeling, right? That's like the worst thing that could happen. Like I want to, I want to be so happy and excited and joyful to see my bride, to see her coming down the aisle. When I woke up, that's not how I was feeling. And I was like, okay, am I like, am I anxious about something? I don't know. And I'm using my feelings chart and I have no idea what I'm feeling. I, and I hated it and I was frustrated with myself for not being aware of like what I was feeling and putting all this pressure on myself to clearly identify what I was feeling. So I'm like, okay, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm getting married at 4 p.m. You know, I have a little, a few more hours to try to figure out what's going on. So um, I go with my dad and then we, we eat the best food in the world, God's chicken, Chick-fil-A. So we go, go to Chick-fil-A to eat lunch. And like, like, I can't think of a better thing to eat on my wedding day than Chick-fil-A for lunch. So I eat Chick-fil-A. And then, um, you know, we had some family. My mom and my grandma were there. So we go to Starbucks to get them some coffee. And also, I was feeling a little uh, under-caffeinated. Um, so I was like, okay, I think some Starbucks would be helpful. So we go to Starbucks. And we get it. And I was waiting for a while, picked it up. And I got a tray of four piping hot, piping hot coffees. How do I know this? <laughs> Because on my wedding day, you know, so we're driving from, from Starbucks to, to the hotel so I can literally about to put on like my wedding tux, my wedding outfit, like slick my hair, like all guapple style, right? <laughs> and I'm just so ready to like just get into the attire to like see my bride come down the aisle to start our married life together. And I'm holding this coffees in my lap. So my dad is not from Orlando, um, so he didn't really know where to go. So I go to point out where the hotel is and what happens Mm -hmm. My hand hits a lid. The coffee, I know it's piping hot because it spills all down my leg. Oh, no. And I just got a red mark on my leg and down my leg. And you know what? I started crying. <laughs> Why did I start crying? It, it, it was hot. I started crying because I was frustrated. Because I was mad. And I was mad that I didn't know what I was feeling. And I was mad because now I have coffee on my leg. And I'm just mad. And, I, and my dad, like such a great dad, he just uh, pulls over and like immediately goes into dad mode. Y'all, I, I was 30. I'm 30. I just turned 31. I was 30. And my dad pulls the car over and goes into dad mode. And I'm like, thanks, dad. <laughs> and he's like, he's like so mad with me. And he gets the coffee, you know, and he's like helping me get up, get set up. And he's like, son, are you okay? And like, he's mad with me, getting me all set up. And I was like, and I'm trying like not to like, I'm just holding back. I'm like crying on the inside. We're like not crying in front of him because like I'm 30. I do not want to cry in front of my dad. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> That's so weird. I'm still to this day, dad, I cried later. <laughs> there you go. 
So I'm, but I'm, ho- I'm holding it in, and, uh, and I'm just so frustrated. But what that did, so eventually we get back, get settled, get to the bathroom, close the door, and that's when the floodworks just came, and it just unlocked everything that I was feeling. And I was thankful. I was thankful that God brought something to me that helped unlock these feelings that I wasn't feeling. And it unlocked something with me to be aware. And from that moment, I realized, okay, I'm actually, like, I'm so excited, you know, to marry my wife. But, man, this is just, a, I'm also, like, a little anxious, but, like, in a good way, right? And I don't know, and I'm curious. I don't know exactly what married life is going to be like. But, man, I'm just so ready for it. And all the feels that I wasn't feeling after crying just came flooding in. And I was so thankful in that moment. So then afterwards, then I talked to my dad and told him, Dad, I cried, <laughs> right? Um, so I was just so thankful that I had a safe person there that I could be vulnerable with to help me process and then pray with me or have scripture with me right before I was going. And then, um, so was, if you know the First Orlando campus, it was in Marie Williams Chapel, and there's like this like back kind of side room. Y'all, I cried, no joke, nonstop for like 45 minutes <laughs> while Lucas is playing here, he's playing like worship music, and I'm just singing along, and I'm crying. And then my cousin, who is my best man, comes in, and we're just like crying together. And, and, then, and then I see Lauren just walk down the aisle, and I just start crying, tears in my eyes, so happy. And I was so thankful that earlier in the day, I had a safe person that I could just share with and then help me grow to help unlock these feelings that I was experiencing so I I could experience the true life that God had for me. All right. So close with that. So my, the question, so Lucas is going to play. And the question that I want to ask you is this, is a reflection question. How can I be a safe person where someone feels comfortable enough to be vulnerable? How can I be a safe person where someone feels comfortable enough to be vulnerable? Okay, consider that. We're going to play a song over you guys. Um, Let me just pray for us to just set us up, and then we'll transition. (sighs) Father, man, I'm just so thankful for my friends here at the table. God, I'm so thankful that the table is a place where we can lean into our feelings. Uh, Good, bad, ugly, um, anxiety, fear, anger, joy, happiness, sadness, depression. God, whatever it is, we can lean in. And we know that you're trying to tell us something. God, so I just pray that we can process our feelings, we can lean in, um, and that the table can be a really safe place. Everybody here in Orlando knows, man, that's a really safe place for me to be able to process and lean in to the real life and what I'm feeling. So we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.